Welcome to Between the Times, a podcast of Christchurch Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. This is episode 28, and I'm here this afternoon with Pastors Ross Hodges and Pastor John Payne. So how are you all doing? Doing well. It's a beautiful day here in the Low Country. <laughs> Very beautiful day in the middle of winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was about about 65 and sunny, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it's like gorgeous. So we're sorry for anyone who's listening from North Dakota. <laughs> yes, if you're one of our 13 listeners uh, in North Dakota, we, we feel sorry for you. Okay, so today what we wanted to do is to discuss a book that's on the reading challenge for January, and it's called The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brain by Nicholas Carr. And so what we want to talk about in just generalities here without giving all the details of the book, because you're going to like reading the book. So I want to talk about what exactly, why should we as Christians care about what's going on with our minds? So I'll toss that to Ross. Why is the mind to the Christian so important? Well, the, the mind is important to the Christian because God tells us it's important. There you go. Uh, in you know, <laughs> Romans 12, uh, we are uh, you know, commanded uh, by God through Paul uh, to, uh, to renew our minds and to, 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 um, to think you know, carefully and Christianly uh, by implication. And that's not the only place you know, throughout the New Testament, throughout uh, God's Word, we see the importance of having a, um, uh, having a Christian mind. That's the, the place where God works on us um, primarily in the mind and the heart you know that language overlaps mm -hmm. uh, in the Bible but um, what we think about and and how we think about it, uh, it affects everything mm. and uh, we our, our faith is one that is full of substance uh, with teaching and doctrine and um, if we get that wrong then then we get everything wrong mm -hmm. that's right um, you know it's harder to pay attention and to focus in our day than it ever has been, I think. Yeah. And that's part of the, uh, the emphasis of this book is that in our digital internet age, uh, we're finding it harder to uh, focus. Uh, yeah. There have been scientific studies done where it's uh, pretty conventional now, wisdom according to, to, to scientists, that we are actually because of neuroplasticity losing our long-term attention spans mm -hmm. and what you know why is that a problem for christian believers for us to lose our long-term attention spans well the most obvious would be one let's look at our let's look very practically at our, at our own devotions that we have so if we are losing the ability to focus for long extended periods of time that means we're also losing the ability to focus upon that which is most important. So that means you're losing the ability in one sense to focus upon scripture. We're perhaps losing the ability to meditate for long periods of time upon scripture. It's kind of the old joke of a child. If you put a bunch of toys in front of a child, you know, you're just going at one particular direction all the time. It's kind of like you got a squirrel here, you got a toy here. And unfortunately, uh, the way that our brains have been modified by internet and by the digital age in general, we are now becoming, in a sense, like that little kid who sees squirrels everywhere, yeah. and you're always diverted in attention. Yeah. And let's let's just talk for a minute about what kinds of distractions that we experience in the 21st century, and even within the past 10 years, those distractions have grown immeasurably, haven't right. they? Yes, uh, they have. let's, let's think about it for a moment. We've got we've got the internet, and it's 
infinite options mm -hmm. and links. Wait, sorry, what did you say? I, I was distracted. <laughs> We've got the internet. It's infinite <laughs> options and links. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there <laughs> once, you go. Once again, I mean, what did I just say? But, but, yeah. I forgot what I just said. Sorry, I was looking at your iPhone. No, but, but uh, let's, let's think about this for a minute. We've got the internet. We've got uh, email. Mm -hmm. Right. We've got texting. We can now put all of that on our phone. It, it's all on our phone. We've got all. We've got social media: Facebook, mm -hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, Tumblr. Tumblr. Uh, we've got so many things like this that are constantly vying for our attention. We even, we even have podcasts. Right, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the thing is about these things too is they're, they're not passive. They, the, the way that we have them set up is that your, your phone dings and beeps and buzzes and so forth mm -hmm. or your computer or whatever um, all the time asking for your attention, demanding your attention really and, and we, we get into the habit of giving it that attention and so we, we are um, by by design, distracting ourselves or, or dividing our attention all the time. Yeah, and we, ha we are under the illusion that we control these things, mm -hmm. but they have begun to control us. They have remade us in, in a number of different ways. And one thing I think of, and I'm, again, I'm 31, so I, I can make... Well, you're old. Exactly. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> but I can think in a... I remember a demarcation between the life before a computer mm. was in your room and the life afterwards. And what you, what I remember is that before that time, the primary form of entertainment was you went outside, you read books, you read fictional things. So, you know, my generation, Hardy Boys and things like that. Yeah, right. Then 95, 96, 97, you jump over. The entertainment now is games and really game oriented. Right. Such that instead of having your mind engaged upon good literature and you can focus upon that and your imagination is therefore enlarged. You now go to games where you're kind of, I'm not going to say in a zombified state, but it's not the same sort of engagement. You're active because you have to actually be active to play the games, but in a very real sense, there's a certain part of your mind that's kind of checked out mm -hmm. because you are now diverted your focused attention towards this reading books to now a huge video game media industry that's again trying to provoke you to come and just spend hours upon hours upon hours uh, with the actual devices. And we're overstimulated, yeah. aren't we? And our mm -hmm. brains have begun to, to get accustomed to this overstimulation and right. a desire for more and more stimulation. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, sitting and reading a book. Or sitting and reading a, or listening to a sermon, mm -hmm. someone preach for 30 or 40 minutes. Our brains don't like it. Our, our brains, uh, yeah, they're, they're not used to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're some, sometimes even repelled by it. And so it does have an impact on the Christian mind and how we think. And he begins this book with talking about his own experience. And we can all immediately relate with him. He says this. Over the last few years, I've had an uncomfortable sense that someone or something has been tinkering with my brain, yeah. <laughs> remapping the neural circuitry, reprogramming the memory. My mind isn't going, so far as I can tell, but it's changing. I'm not thinking the way I used to think. I feel it most strongly when I'm reading. I used to find it easy to immerse myself in a book or a lengthy article. My mind would get caught up in the twists of the narrative or the turns of the argument, and I'd spend hours strolling through long stretches of prose. That's rarely the case anymore, he says. Now my concentration starts to drift after a page or two. I get fidgety. 
lose the thread, begin looking for something else to do. I feel like I'm always dragging my wayward brain back to the text. The deep reading that I used to that used to come naturally has become a struggle. Mm -hmm. Have you guys had that experience? Yeah, yeah. I, I certainly. Have. Uh, <laughs> and it's frustrating because on the one hand, you want to be able to concentrate and you you want to get lost in the book or the argument or whatever happens to be the sermon, and yet it's uh, it's almost like you have the hiccups mentally, you know, and and you you just get interrupted mentally because your your brain is hiccuping mm -hmm. and saying I need something else, I need something else, and. It's not good. The author says that we're becoming chronic scatterbrains. It's right. a great way to kind of yeah. <laughs> sum yeah. it up. And interestingly, he mentions uh, speaking to a, a Duke University uh, a professor, uh, a professor of English, and she said that she cannot get her students to read whole books anymore. Uh, again, she teaches English, and she is teaching students of literature at one of the top universities in the country, and she says outright, I cannot get students to read entire books anymore. Mm -hmm. that's, that's concerning. That's deeply concerning. Well, it's, and, it, and it's deeply concerning when you look around, and um, just the other day, I, I remember seeing a car go by in my neighborhood, and there were a couple of teenagers in the back, and the 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 pose that they had is what you see most people today, their, their head looking at a phone in their hand and completely checked out to the world around. And I'm seeing this at restaurants, that there, there will be people out to dinner and they're not talking to each other, they're looking at their phones. Mm -hmm. uh, people on dates, it's, it's absurd. And uh, what, we, what we need to do in a large point of the book is, as you said earlier, John, we need to use technology and not let it use us. You said mm -hmm. this in your, your pastoral letter this week, which is on our website uh, for our listeners if they weren't able to read it. Um, and we need to think, we need to think about thinking. Mm -hmm. And we need to realize that as he points out in this book, that we, what we do and how we live and the, the way that we use technology, it does change us. And it mm -hmm. does change the, the pathways in our brain and the neurophysiology and those things. Uh, but the good news of this book is it's not too late. Mm -hmm. Like we can, we can make amends and we can, just just as if you've gotten out of shape physically and you've been sitting on the couch for three years, you know, eating uh, potato chips and ice cream and watching movies, you can you can now change. You can stop that. And you can get back out and you can start exercising and, and you can get back into shape. We can do that mentally, Amen. but it will take discipline and work. But for Christians, we need to do it. Amen. Yes. So when we think about changing, um, what are some simple ways that we can kind of go against the trends. I mean, the, the trend is you, you walk down the street and there are people scrolling through Facebook on their phones and texting and emails and other kinds of social media and, and, and watching you know, clips of, of, of television, movies. Like all this stuff is constantly bombarding us and inviting us to come, the siren calls of this stuff, to, to, to engage with all of these things, you know, half a dozen things at a time. How, as, as Christians, can we make really very simple decisions? What kind of simple decisions can we make uh, to become less cluttered and scatterbrained and controlled by all of these, uh, these devices, the ubiquitous technology that's all around us? Okay? I think the, uh, the one thing I did, and this was a protest personally, because I, <laughs> because I hate certain technologies, but 
one of the things that I did purposefully is that I chose not to get a smartphone. Mm. I have a very old flip phone. Are you saying it's smart <laughs> not to get a smartphone? <laughs> it's very smart not to get a smartphone. Uh, <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> but it was purposeful because I recalled when the option came up, I remember looking around me where people had things buzzing at them 10 o'clock at night. And I thought to myself, why did I want to be that attached to technology? Mm -hmm. So that to me, that was a personal decision. Yeah. But now in reflecting on things I do now, the most important thing that I've changed in terms of my daily habits is that when I sit down or if I'm traveling on a bus somewhere, I choose not to use any technology. I, when I was a kid, one of the things that uh, I learned was how to sit still and be bored. <laughs> That's probably the best way to say that. Because yeah. um, the reality is that, you know, if you're bored, you try to feel that and you feel that kind of anxiety to do something. Mm -hmm. And so what I've done is to kind of go back to childhood in a sense. Uh, can I sit still and not do anything? And that, for me, for instance, that would be if I'm driving in a car, do I have to turn music on? Can I just sit still and go into my thoughts, think through things I've been thinking about throughout the day? When I get home, do I have to turn something on? Do I have to immediately go to see my email? Or can I just sit still and process? The other, uh, I guess, most practical move that I've done in my life has to do with how frequently I check my email. And so one of the things I tell my students is that I do not answer emails after 7 p.m. Mm. And I don't answer it on Sundays for obvious reasons. But I do not answer emails after 7 p.m. because, again, there is a time where you need to do it. You have a job, you need to answer emails. But for my sort of work, I can make that sort of demarcation. This is where my technology is going to end. That's good. And, what and is, you're communicating yeah, something yeah. to your family there too, yeah. aren't you? Exactly. Right. And right. For, for my family, what it's done is that it means that this is now family time. This is not, you know, I'm sitting at the table hearing a email come through of my computer. This is... This is family time. Yes. Uh, we are now talking. We're not, you know, looking down. We're talking to each other. We're engaging each other. So that's been, to me, the most uh, practical steps I've taken to deal with my distractedness, you would say. Yeah. With my new uh, laptop, there are all these new ways to be distracted. <laughs> and uh, one little thing I did was to remove all of the instant banners that come across the screen. Uh, mm -hmm incoming call, text message, um, a new blog post from whatever blog I subscribe to, right. a new email. And it was like literally every three or four minutes there was something coming across my, my page. And so I shut all that down. Now when I'm looking at my computer screen, I'm not having these constant reminders. You can do that, of course, to your phone as well. You mm -hmm. remove those instant things that come up on your screen. Mm -hmm. It's a simple way to not be distracted every three or four minutes when you're mm -hmm. doing other things. You could turn off the, the buzzing and so forth. Now, of course, as we talk about this, we know that everybody has different kinds of jobs, different kinds of responsibilities, mm -hmm. and there are uh, those of us, as pastors, we need to, people need to be able to get in touch with us. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody may be going to the hospital or there may be uh, something that we need to deal with and we can't be sort of out of touch. Mm -hmm. uh, However, there are ways for all of us to make decisions uh, to not be so incredibly distracted. Mm -hmm. I think the key really is just it's to be intentional and to, to, yes. to think about it and to, to take some time and evaluate 
how you are using technology, what are the ways that are necessary, what are the ways that are unnecessary, whether what are the ways that are healthy, what are the ways that are unhealthy, and check yourself um, if if you realize that you know your a smartphone or a computer has become just a a, a knee jerk reaction or a habit that yeah. is um, just kind of consuming you or always with you that you know it's, you can't sit down on the couch and and have a conversation with your spouse without having your iPhone on and and your smartphone looking at it and checking your Facebook and that sort of thing. Um, but just 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 to think about it and to to be intentional. Yes, and to and to love and uh, respect and encourage uh, and pay attention to the people that you're with. Yes. Uh, as Ross just mentioned, I mean, how often do you, you know, walk into the restaurant and there's a family of four or five and they're all looking down at their smartphones? Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've been in, I want to say, and specifically the, the scenario, but I've been in scenarios where you know, young people haven't seen each other for a long time, and rather than talking to each other, they're actually texting friends that are not with them, mm -hmm. or family members that aren't with them, and they're just constantly texting and sending pictures. And you know, young people do this all the time. It's like, you know, forget about the people that you're with and actually are right in front of you. Right. Let's focus on someone right. who is miles away, yeah. and send them selfies and pictures. And so, you know, it, part of it's just being respectful and loving, loving your neighbor. The one that's right in front of you when, when you're with them. Um, one thing that the author speaks about as well, which I thought we could talk about for a couple of minutes, is this the idea of memory. Mm -hmm. um, he discusses in here how with all of the, the, the overstimulation, the constant distractedness, the, the media, the, so, the, 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 the social media, the, uh, the television, um, the, the emails, the text, all of these things happening all of the time, actually our brain never relaxes mm -hmm. and what he communicates here is that and through some scientific research that um, when our brains are able to relax when you go for a walk and you just aren't having this overstimulation that actually your memory improves and you're yeah, able yeah. To, oh, to, yeah. to remember things better um, how important is it for us just to really just turn it all off, go for a walk, go for a run, go do something that doesn't include being overstimulated. Well, it's very important. I mean, Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Amen. We, we have to do that. And, and we have to be intentional about doing that because the, the society and the culture that we live in and the sort of lives that we live, um, that's not going to happen by itself without, it, without mm -hmm. effort. Yes. I think one of the things that I remember seeing as a child was that when uh, men came home from work and they put their stuff down and say they had either a white collar job, they did not spend the rest of their time doing really mentally strenuous things. They worked with their hands. And mm -hmm. so that usually meant you came home and your, your work day is over. So it's not like you checked your mind out, but you basically said, my mind is tired. Let me go do something with my hands because it basically makes your mind relax a little bit. Yeah. It's a sense of detoxing from the rest of the day. Right. And so what, the advice I was given as a you know, young kid was that every man needs that thing, which means that you can relax doing something. It's not idle time where you're just kind of feeling, you know, wasting time, but it's something that doesn't necessarily uh, demand so much mental energy, but something you can do that's practical. And so, you know, back in the day, it used to be, for instance, uh, 
I think I've used this analogy before. Some men mess around with their cars in their garage, try to, if you got an old, like, 1957, you try to just slowly repair it. doesn't take a lot of mental draining energy. It's just something you do. Uh, some men, for instance, mow their lawn. They do kind of lawn care sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, other guys, you know, one of the uh, men at our church, he builds airplanes and builds things out of electronics. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things you can practically do to just to... Make a decision, I'm going to choose not to strain my mind. And what you realize is that if you do that long enough, you realize that, one, you can focus a lot better yes. the next day because your mind, just like your body needs sleep, your mind needs rest, you yes. can focus more. And it also means that, in general, you have now demarcated what time is spent for concentrated work and what time is spent for... I guess you can call it recreation here. Yeah, when you go out and you lift weights, you don't mm -hmm. just lift weights, you know, morning and evening every day. Yeah, you exactly. have to have time for rest mm -hmm. and repair, and that's that's what's going on physiologically as well. Mm -hmm. And that's why our memories aren't aren't always so good because we're mm -hmm. just exhausted from over stimulation. Um, this is such an important subject, isn't it? And uh, one thing I've thought about too in terms of technology is when we're in worship. And a lot of people are using their what? Their smartphones. And they have their Bible on there. But guess what they also have in those smartphones? Everything, Everything else. else. Mm -hmm. They're they're getting texts. Uh, you know, sometimes my kids comment that they see people checking their Facebook uh, during worship. Um, people are uh, tweeting. They're you know getting emails in and checking right. them. And so all of these things are happening. Meanwhile. Christ is speaking his word to them and they're completely scatterbrained during public worship and so wouldn't it be helpful for people to just turn their phones off put them in the purse or in their their back pocket and take out the scriptures and and not ha you know when you have your bible out there aren't emails coming in and texts on your on the pages of scripture sure. yeah absolutely yeah we we find our our minds oftentimes uh, when we've gotten into a habit of constantly checking email and Facebook and those sorts of things, we um, we find that they're hungry for that sort of thing. And so if we do put it down for a moment, it's usually just a moment. But we need to retrain, train or retrain our brains mm -hmm. to where it's okay not to have that stimulation. Um, and it's okay to sit, as Gabriel, Gabriel was saying, and to quote-unquote be bored but then that allows time for meditation. Mm -hmm. It allows time for conversation, mm -hmm. meaningful conversation. And um, so it's, it's, it's an important topic. Amen. Amen. Again, just from this book, I'll just, again, if you're in Christ Church, feel free. Well, not feel free. It's on the actual <laughs> reading challenge. So uh, pick up the book. And again, I think we live in a day where people are spending so much time, effort, and research caring about their physical body. Uh, as Christians, I think we need to add our mind to that discussion. Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to close today and just thank you for joining us on Between the Times, and we will see you next time.